You're listening to Jumping the Wealth Curve with your host, Edward Bow. For most of my life, I've been riding and racing dirt bike motorcycles. So it was natural to say, jumping the wealth curve. I'm jumping something all the time on the dirt bike. When he's not on his bike, Ed is helping families retire successfully as a certified financial planner and five-star wealth manager at Smallwood Wealth Management. There isn't a one-size-fits-all solution for everything. So we're talking about finances and a financial plan. We need to stay flexible. Jumping the wealth curve is designed to help answer your retirement questions. And especially in today's world, everything is so stringent and everybody's so, ugh. let's just talk. Now, here's your host, Ed Bow. Hey everyone, today we're going to continue our conversation about retirement income. And I guess I'm going to title this, uh, we're going to talk about climbing the mountain a little bit more. Okay. After we did last podcast, I just thought, I needed to just cover this a little bit more. I just felt like there were some things that we were just missing, or maybe I just wanted to get the point across more, you know? So when we were talking about retirement income, we were really focusing in what I called the default strategy. I kept using that term, which is mine. It's not trademarked or anything, but so, um, of course I'm joking. And how we ended up falling into that environment and how did I get there and all that. And that was kind of what, where we were last time. And back a couple, you know, on my intro podcast, we were talking about climbing the mountain. I might have touched on it some last time, but let's, I want to dig a little deeper into that one and what it means and, and what does that really mean in the overall retirement income conversation. So when climbing the mountain and going up the mountain is, is representation of the accumulation phase or... You know, in regular speak, you know, building my wealth, you know, just building up my financial wealth, my financial plan. And the backside of the mountain is the descent, of course, and, you know, climbing down the mountain and which really represents distribution phase, which, again, regular speak is retirement, right? I'm in retirement. I'm taking money. I'm just taking distribution from my assets. So if you didn't hear this before, remember that the most deaths occur in the, when you climb a mountain on the descent. So I kind of equated this to, you know, our biggest fear. One of the biggest fears in retirement is running out of money, right? So if I run it and I don't get a redo, I just, if I run out, that's it. Um, I guess it's kind of like the same thing. If I'm climbing down the mountain, I make, I make a mistake and I don't make it. I don't get a redo. So a lot of folks can do pretty well on the accumulation phase. And that usually means, you know, investing your assets and getting some outcomes from the markets and such. It's the descent or the distribution phase where I think that um, a lot of folks aren't well prepared for it. And again, it's maybe because they've been, you know, they kind of fell into this default retirement strategy trap and it's really good on the upside of that, but it's really not that good on the downside. So what's been a big topic of discussion over the last, I guess, four or five years with my clients, and maybe it's because I changed my conversation with my clients, was we started talking about income streams in retirement. And, you know, have you actually thought about it and mapped out your income streams? You know, if you have a spouse, what does their income streams look like with yours? So a lot of goal-based planning, Basically, it says, let, let me kind of get to a number in my plan, and that should solve my problem. If I accumulate enough, I climb that mountain, accumulate enough, 
I'll be okay. And if remember that, I also mentioned that there's some rules that, I call the rules of the institutions that, you know, they, they kind of want your money. They want your money on an ongoing basis. They want to keep it as long as possible and they want to give you back as little as possible. So if you, if you think about this for a second, you know, so if I accumulate all these assets and that's, you know, now I'm going to take my distribution from these assets. Uh, there's a limiting amount of money I can take because I have to still worry about running out of money. Right. So that kind of falls into all that mantra, all those rules, you know, of the institutions like, hey, you know, you can only take 3.5 percent on average right now because that's with these interest rates at where they are. That's what you can do without having a significant chance of running out of money. So, you know, who does that help? Does it help you as the retiree or is it really helping some of these institutions? So to me, it's a limiting point, you know, saying, hey, let's let's just strive to get this number. And in and, and my world and the way I think is. I want to make your plan as efficient as possible. And that, that's a, that's done in a number of ways. We, of course, we're looking at taxation and other things, and we got to worry about inflation rates, and we'll talk about that in a few minutes again. Um, but if I'm maximizing my financial plan, I'm really maximizing my, my accumulation strategy, so I'm not limited to just this number. Now, yes, we need a plan, and, and, and we need goals within the plan, but there has to be a strategy encompassing all these goals. It's not just that singular thing. I'm going to put X amount of money. I'm going to get to X and get to Y number. It's just, I don't, it's not that simple in my world. Okay. And the way I think. And so this has led me to the conversations of, you know, income streams and retirement. And that default strategy that I've been talking about leads you to maybe three or four income streams, right? So let me lay them out for you. You know, of course, there may be some social security for you and your spouse. There may be some uh, retirement accounts. Maybe you have some non-retirement accounts and we can take distributions from both of those accounts. And maybe you have a piece of property that you are pulling income from and it's a rental property, it's an investment property. You know, you know that's kind of what the default strategy is and, and it's very limiting. Again, kind of going back to that same phrase, it's, it's about three or four. And the way I, I'm thinking and the way I try to build plans out with my clients is, I'm trying to, again, when I'm, I'm thinking about the maximization concept here. I'm trying to think bigger and, and you I, you have to have the potential for many more. You know, you have to have the potential of, I, I could see north of 10 different income streams. And why do I want, you know, more than three or four? Well, more uh, in this world, I think more is when it, income streams and retirement income is always going to be better. But, you know, that's in, for interpretation. And that gives me more flexibility. If you keep listening to me. This is all about building flexibility in your plan, okay? So when I'm talking about these income streams too, I also want to talk about, you know, what are guaranteed and non-guaranteed in the form of these streams. So if we're talking about Social Security, you know, technically that's a guaranteed income stream, right? The, the government's going to be sending me a check and I'm going to get that in the mailbox and it's going to be a good thing or it's going to be direct deposit into my account, get into the 21st century here. But then if I'm pulling money from my non-retirement accounts or retirement accounts, that's not a guaranteed source, right? I'm making that that decision on doing that. So just to make a delineation of what's guaranteed and non-guaranteed. And I run this exercise with my clients all the time. We map out, you know, what their guaranteed income streams are and compare that to their monthly expense that they're needed, that's needed in retirement. And then I take it one step further because 
we start kind of stress testing just the guaranteed parts and say, hey, what happens if one spouse doesn't make it very far? You know, does it does an income stream stay? Does it go away? I mean, if, if we're talking about Social Security and you, you have a spouse, you will lose one of those those income streams. You know, the surviving spouse is going to keep the higher of the two income streams, but one will go away. So right away, right there, you know you have a decreasing amount of income or guaranteed income in this scenario. So, you know, have you taken the time to look at this and really understand it? And, you know, doing this simple exercise, you may not have a lot of guaranteed income streams. So if that's the case, you know, maybe there's strategies to bring in some income streams, right? There are ways to have more predictable income streams. Most people in the past use fixed income or bonds, as they're more commonly known. But right now, that game is probably a losing strategy if we're in an interest rate environment that's going up. We basically had an, an interest rate environment since the 80s that was basically what we call a 30-year bull market, which is a good thing because as interest rates are coming down, the price of the bonds go up. It's like a seesaw. So if my interest rates are lower, the other end of the seesaw is higher, which is the bond price is, is getting, going up in value. Well, now we're in the opposite environment where interest rates may be going higher. So then the price of the bonds will be lower. It's the other side of the seesaw. So, you know, I, I don't know if I necessarily want to build out, you know, a bond portfolio that's going to provide this kind of, this income from the bonds, right? Yeah, the interest rates are going higher, but all my old bonds that I've, that I have are worth less, so my capital is getting less. It's not a good scenario. I don't want to get too much into the weeds with this, but sitting here thinking about it, like, well, how do I, how do I create these income streams? Because, right, I mean, this is about risk and taking some of the pressure off, right? So, I need to sift through these different products that are out there and figure out what are the good ones and the bad ones, and and that can that can be difficult because you may not know anything about these type of things or what the what your options are, right? And so that's where you need a, a trusted financial professional that's looking at the overall strategy. You know, this is a micro decision about creating these income streams in a macro plan. Too many folks just do the micro part and pick something, but, you know, something for the plan, but truly don't understand the effects of making that decision on the rest of the plan. This is just like making the decision of accumulating wealth in certain ways that may affect your income stream capability and, and or the flexibility you would have at the time when you want to start taking money, right? You got to know the pros and cons. This is the, That's the basic, basic premise here. And if, if you're talking to people, they're not giving you, there's a pro and a con to every decision you're going to make when it comes to your financial decision making. There isn't, I said it before, there's not one size fits all. There's not a silver bullet. If there was, we'd all have it, right? And everybody thinks they have the best ideas and all this stuff. It's in my thinking is that you got to bring all these different strategies together, okay, to try and make your plan as successful as possible. And everybody's plan is different. That's why it gets so difficult when we start talking about this, right? But let's get back to this guaranteed income discussion and talk about it another way. When I'm sitting down with my clients and we start talking about it, I always like to see that if we need, you know, X amount of money for our reti monthly retirement income, that 
If I can get a guaranteed sources of income to cover about 50% of it or just cover the fixed expenses, not the variable expenses in retirement, that's probably a really good starting point, right? Yeah, I think you would feel more comfortable if it was set up that way. If you, you know, if I can cover more than, you know, just the fixed, you know, is that bad or good? Well, I think if I can cover more of my monthly expenses at any time in a predictable fashion and not have to worry about it, I think that's a good thing. I, I can tell you from experience and working with some retirees is when we have made the income more predictable and they were in an unpredictable world, the pressure is completely released very quickly and they actually start enjoying their retirement. That's been the experience that I've seen. So let me put it this way. If you were descending the mountain and I said, said to you, let's throw a couple more ropes on just in case as you're going down, just to protect you, would you say no? Most of you would say, that's fine. I think you would like that. And let's say if I even said, you know, it may or may not slow you down a little bit on your descent because you're dealing with a couple extra ropes and this and that. I still think most of you would say, that's fine. Because the other side to this is I tumble down the mountain or I run out of, I run out of money in retirement. I don't think either one of those is really good. But, you know, I'm really throwing some enlightening points here today, aren't I? Um, it's just blowing your mind. I know it. Um, <laughs> so talking about this um, distribution side, this descent down the mountain is really, really important. And making sure that you at least understand your risks and the pressures, okay? So getting your plan mapped out early you know, getting multiple products or strategies working for you is the solution to the default retirement strategy dilemma. I know I've been a little, you know, I haven't given out a lot of detail on how to solve it per se, but there's there's so many different directions you can go to solve it that it's really dependent on your plan. But you need to sit down with somebody that's going to help you map this out. You know, the closer you get to retirement, the more difficult it becomes. It doesn't become impossible, but if we're building the plan out earlier, it takes a little bit of time and structure to get you to those 10 plus income streams in retirement. It just doesn't magically appear and nothing ever does, right? So everything I've been talking about is related to our wealth curve in the form of pressure, right? If how much pressure is being applied to your curve? Do I like it? If I don't, you know, how do I handle it? How do I change it? If you go to my website, www.smallwoodwealth.com, scroll down on the homepage about halfway down, you'll see a video called Financial Planning, the Big Picture. It's a three-minute doodle video. If you go to it and play it, it talks about 40 different pressures in a financial plan. Retirement income, this is a big one, right? These, this, <laughs> this is like, like I said, you don't get a redo on this one. But there's other ones that are just as big in this and people don't even take these into account and understand them. So I encourage you to go watch the video. Take it in. Just, see, you know, see how it affects you. I love talking about these concepts and I appreciate you tuning in. I look forward to discussing more pressures with you in the future. So to my Curve Jumping Nation, until next time, be well and be safe. a retirement or financial planning question for ed connect now at smallwoodwealth.com and while you're at it click that subscribe button
Jumping the Wealth Curve is brought to you by Edward Bow, an investment advisor representative of Smallwood Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor. Strategies mentioned may not be suitable for everyone, and the information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives, and it's not intended as recommendations appropriate for you. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action, as information and or opinions are subject to change without notice. Investments involve risk and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed. Past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine future results. Smallwood Wealth Management provides content that is true and accurate as of the date of publishing. However, we give no assurance or warranty regarding the accuracy, timeliness, or applicability of any of the contents. We assume no responsibility for information contained on this website or podcast and disclaim all liability in respect of such information, including, but not limited to, any liability for errors, inaccuracies, omissions, misleading, or defamatory statements.